Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Uh, okay. Science AF. Yeah. Science AF. Science as fuck. Welcome to Science AF. I'm your host, Dave Chacho, and I'm science as fuck. I'm your host, Jesse Klein, and I am science as fuck. And we are joined by a special guest, Reed Bryce. Uh, I think I might also be science. Not sure what, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what parameters sure the, you're... The well, degree to which you're... <laughs> yeah. what, makes somebody, what makes somebody science or not in your uh, I think just a healthy curiosity of the world and how things work. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. I'm science, I'm science as hell. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, cool. Thanks for joining us. Science as Fuck is a comedy science podcast. Uh, we invite people from the comedy community, the science community, any community, come on, and uh, we just talk about topics, <laughs> and, <laughs> and we riff, and we learn. And uh, Reed, you're uh, an actor and writer, uh, comedian, right? Do you, uh, yeah, what, I, what sorts of comedy do you do? I really like how uh, uh, Andy Kaufman used to call himself a song and dance man. Uh. He thought that like, being called a comic was was embarrassing. And that's how I feel most of the time. So I'm just gonna call myself <laughs> song and dance man. <laughs> song and dance man. That's a good answer. Yeah. Oh man, you should get those cards made. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it'll just say song and dance man, comma like Andy Kaufman, <laughs> comma. <laughs> You remember him? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Not Jim Carrey, but actual Andy Kaufman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's still around. <laughs> the this Andy this Kaufman, is the reveal's yeah. going to be great when he's like 80 and he's like, ta da. <laughs> I, I was Gary Sinise the entire time. <laughs> Dude, that would make a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. Gary Sinise is the last place you think to look. Yeah. <laughs> for almost anything. A, the people who are looking for Andy Kaufman have him on the list, but it's dead last of yeah. all the people. Yeah. Uh, he was number 50. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, and then uh, I happen to be a, a transgender person uh, yep. who resides in the Los Angeles comedy community. Yeah. So I... I you guys said uh, you would want to talk to me about some gender stuff today, I guess. Yeah, we're going to talk about some gender science, some uh, LGBTQA, et cetera, science. Yeah, exactly. There are a lot of letters. <laughs> a lot of letters. <laughs> and when I uh, met you probably two or three years ago, uh, I knew you as Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Uh, here's the pro tip number one. Uh, don't bring up people's uh, old names. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can... Uh, I can give you guys like maybe like a, a one-on-one primer if you like for that kind of stuff. Um, sure. Can, can I try? Can I, I try and do it right? Because I've been, so like I grew up, I grew up in Portland. I did not know any expressing trans people at that time. Yeah, nobody did. And <laughs> yeah, it was you know it was the '90s and early 2000s, and it was uh, until I went to college where uh, someone in my dorm room was uh, collecting money for their surgery, yep. and then it was like oh. This is a world I was not aware of. So it, I I feel like I, I've been learning a lot, just being friends with you and being friends with a lot of uh, really amazing trans people who are really, like, uh, brave and, like, I don't... It's weird to call you brave up front, but, uh, <laughs> but really open about their experience, which I think us in this comedy community are really lucky to have people who just... Uh, give a fuck about their thing so much <laughs> that they don't give a fuck what other people say or experience to it. Uh, so we knew you before you were expressing. Right, right. But that uh, 
your transition was pretty public as far as I feel like in the comedy community, it felt like it was really public. Uh, yeah, no, because I, uh, I figured if you want to potentially be in the public eye, yeah. doing something like that is doable, uh, but you're going to run into a lot of um, roadblocks in terms of like how vulnerable you can be with your audiences and then also like how much of that privacy you can really expect to keep for yourself, uh, especially if you start doing something uh, called medical transition, which is where you uh, do you, you have like uh, uh, changes either through medicine or, or procedures and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, so, so you, yeah. you started the gender expression transition like a year ago, two years ago? Yeah, it was like, so I was uh, assigned female at birth. That's usually uh, the term that we use for like uh, the female. gender that like everyone expects you to be. Like, you know, uh, when you're growing up, you're like, I was I was born uh, with this body. And the doctor went, oh, that's girl right there. And everyone went, hell yeah. And then I was raised that way. Uh, and then at one point I went, ah, I don't quite think this is correct. Um, yeah. When do you remember first feeling like that? Oh, Re- boy. Real young? Uh, it was very young. I, as young as I would say maybe four or five, which is when the uh, a child's brain uh, starts developing long-term memory. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I would have to say it might have been my entire life that I felt this way. Just that, you know, as soon as a child can recognize the difference between uh, – the sexual characteristics of, of male and female bodies. Uh, I was, I wanted to be a boy. Uh, and I, I even distinctly have re- memories of like asking my grandma, like, wouldn't it be, uh, wouldn't it be interesting if I were a boy or something like that? And then them, uh, I came from a very conservative family, them immediately saying, what? No. <laughs> In fact, we're probably going to, we're going to try to overcompensate for what you just said. <laughs> oh, a lot of years of like aggressive uh, uh, pressure to be feminine. Uh, and then, you know, I also remember, like, at seven or eight, like, having only, like, boyfriends and, like, you know, asking, like, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be cool if I was a boy? And then, because kids usually, like, without uh, the influence of adults yeah, are usually actually very open-minded. And I just remember them I saying, bet. yeah, that would, that would be a lot better because then we wouldn't have to hang out with a girl all the time because you just insist on coming around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You're so, also, you're a gay man, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I, you, you I, dated boys, and you still date boys. Yeah, because like essentially, when I when I was closeted as trans, I could you know I would just I was presenting as female. I dated men who identified as straight. Um, and then after I came out, uh, you know that t- straight men tend to want to date you less <laughs> when you are also <laughs> when you're also a dude. Uh, so yeah. uh, I, I I actually um I, I actually uh, consider myself to be non-binary. And that's when you are either, uh, you're just like not completely a man or a woman. You can either consider yourself to be both. You can be like, I don't think gender really makes a sense to me in general. So I'm throwing that whole idea out or just anywhere in between. Mm, that's uh, cool. Uh, that's where I, I feel like society is going or, ne- or needs to get to. Is right. The, the concept of uh, gender expression being male or female. The, the idea that one or zero. <clears throat> yeah. If you're a woman, you have to wear a dress. and If you're a man, mm. you can't. It's so yeah. ridiculous to me uh, that, and, and, you know, like, you have to have long hair or short hair or right. makeup or not makeup. It, it, it's like these, these these things that have just come up randomly through decades or, you know, centuries, millennia of of uh, of it being the, the, the normal or uh, majority thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and cultural conditioning. And I, and I think it's really, I don't know, I'm not going to, 
claim to know uh, much more than like a high school level of uh, biology or mathematics, but That's it fine. just it doesn't really make sense to me that almost everything else in the natural world we uh, we Is sort of see as on a spectrum, especially yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly color, light, you know, uh, math. Uh, it doesn't make sense to me that there wouldn't be then a spectrum in between male and female if we had like hard binaries of you know utmost masculinity, utmost fem- femininity. It just doesn't make sense to me, you know. If yeah, like, absolutely. If Even there's, there's a biological spectrum uh, in evolution, you know, between one beetle and another. There, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. from there, Ringo there to John, that, it's a big leap. Yeah, yeah. we're spelling beetle that way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I would say if you were trying to be like, all right, what the fuck uh, is going on with Reed's gender expression? And we'll say, like, one is, like, a, as macho man as you can get. And then, like, on the other side, you know, a 10 is, like, female. But, you know, whatever you would say, like, femininity is almost there. Yeah, like, a middle point, that would be, like, true androgyny. Maybe put me a click or two to the male side. That's how I see it, you know? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, and, 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 and so you've always felt that click or two on the male side. And then yeah. you decided to make your outward uh, expression try to match that right because i suffer from something called dysphoria uh uh and specifically gender dysphoria uh-huh. uh and that can manifest either um through uh socialization uh stuff you know the way that you are present you present and perceived uh and then also just physical dysphoria which is like uh this you know the feeling that your body's not right and it's causing you a lot of distress yeah and it makes you can't function properly when, but but not just, every trans person has that, which is like a big jury's still out on what exactly uh, that would mean. Yeah, because a lot of people because uh, right now there isn't like a uh, a down the line hard answer from the medical community, the science community, the experts yeah. about like dysphoria is absolutely necessary to be classified as transgender. Yeah. Um, and I, while I suffer from dysphoria, um, I you know if someone says I don't have it, I only um experience what is the opposite you know you have dysphoria the word euphoria is, the is actually the, yeah. the uh the opposite of that some people oh, say i didn't know I, that yeah euphoria and dysphoria yeah yeah yeah. it's they're like two sides of the same coin uh some people say i never necessarily hated the body i was in yeah but say if there was somebody else who was assigned female at birth and then maybe they they cut their hair and, and like somebody went hey dude and, and mistook them you know in quotation marks for a guy yeah and suddenly go Oh, that felt super correct. I felt really good about myself. Uh, or even, you know, if they just themselves go and try on, you know, like a prosthetic penis or something. And they yeah. go, oh, this just feels like something is like locking in and connecting in a way that I never thought it would. Um, I can see how that would be legitimate. Um, but a lot of even the transgender community is really, really like um, it's, it's a controversial topic. Oh, and unfortunately, what, it tends you mean the, the, about whether you have to have dysphoria or not to oh, be dysphoria. transgender. Yeah, yeah. Even the term dysphoria makes it seem like there's something wrong when it's, I guess. Yeah. There, there's something that you you would like to change about yourself, but it doesn't seem like it. It makes it seem like a, a condition or something. I because to a lot of people, tra- being transgender isn't necessarily there's something wrong with me. It just means that I happen to be, uh, I have a body and I'm a person who's just less common. You know, yeah. it's kind of like yeah. there's not nec- technically something wrong with somebody who's deaf. 
And in, in some cases, the deaf community is very much like, yeah, I wouldn't change that. If you asked me if I wanted to become a hearing person, I wouldn't. Yeah. And I think for a lot of uh, trans people, that that's also a connection. That they're like, it's part, it's like intrinsically part of my identity. There's nothing for me to be ashamed about. So why should I be ashamed? Or maybe even I used to have like physical dysphoria. I had the medical procedures done. And now it's alleviated to the point that I couldn't say that I have dysphoria. You know, would that st- is that person still trans? In my opinion, they would be. Mm, yeah. uh, so that's where that's the those are the those are the, uh, usually the answers I would give about whether you have to have dysphoria or not. It's like, I don't know, maybe not. Yeah, I think it's a matter of like you said, less common. Like we, as a society, we're starting to learn that there's a lot of less common things out there, but that doesn't make you. Uh, yeah, obviously but, less person or less. Yeah, uh, like, but people you should put a, a value judgment on the less common, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of many different cases. I think it, it's a fear, or it's, an, uh, or it's a thing where you know you're outside. People get scared when they when they are don't know something in unfamiliar territory, yeah. or, or they're not, or they don't understand. Or maybe which they is think why that, we would like to talk about science and learn this kind of. Yeah, stuff. or you know, if it just you know their their gut instinct is I don't like that, you know, uh, and they they don't want to explore further about why they feel uncomfortable they just instead want to go if i feel uncomfortable obviously it has to be something subversive transgressive or, or wrong yeah i'm gonna go hide in my comfort zone and well, not yeah <laughs> it's interesting we were talking about society kind of recognizing this and kind of being more aware of it and it's it's not like if you're a historian if you study ancient cultures there are Almost every ancient culture recognized multiple gender expressions. Uh, well, Jesus actually talks about transgender people in the Bible and says yep. that you have to not judge them. And in fact, they, they might even possibly, uh, it was it was like the term for eunuch. The eunuch yeah. was basically, and I don't remember the exact word that was used in the original text, uh, but that was kind of the catch-all for, uh, you know, especially people who were assigned male at birth who just didn't have a gender expression yeah. that was binary. They would usually be, you know, kind of... Ser- you know, put into that sort of uh, sort of social group. Yeah. Uh, and Jesus, you know, is on record saying like, you need to treat those people with just as much dignity as anyone else. There's nothing wrong with them. Yeah. Well, the yeah. the Torah recognizes seven genders. And, is that right? Yeah. And uh, and it talks about how like they belong in society and like have their part of society as well as the like any other gender would. And right. Like uh, there are ancient so much progressive shit in the Bible that gets washed away with our, like, our yeah. uh, heated uh, right wing uh, society. Yeah, or you know, just like idiots who take everything literally. Uh, do you know what yeah. kind of like gender expression uh, is listed under that? Yeah, so there is. Uh, Let me look this up. There is like. Um, uh, men who expresses women. There are women who expresses men. There are uh, people like n- people who don't express as either. Uh, there are people who express as both. Uh, there. Oh, what was the one? There's one where that's really interesting. Where it's like people who express as like divine. Like they just. They just think it, like it's it's all one thing. So it would be someone who's like, I'm not father, son. I'm like more of the Holy Spirit sort of thing. Yeah. On the, you know, the Judeo-Christian bent of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I just happen to be. Yeah. I found a list of the six. Here, here do you yeah. want to read these off? Uh, so you see they have a, a knowledge of them. Oh, and I, but I imagine that was probably no, just can, the way. Uh, they're in English. Okay. <laughs> I can like, read them for a long too. Time, I just thought, how would you account for people who are born intersex, which is basically when you're born and you don't have the, the primary sexual characteristics of, of yeah. uh, like, uh, 
a specific gender, and for a long time, they doctors and parents would just make a decision for you. Yeah. Uh, based on what they kind of guessed you were going to cl- most closely develop into uh, on your own. Hey, this is Dave coming to you from the future, from the perspective of the people we're listening to. I just wanted to cut in here because we got diverted and never uh, talked about the six genders of classical Judaism from the Torah, and I thought it was interesting. Uh, so I'm just going to read them off here. Zachar, uh, excuse my lack of understanding of Hebrew pronunciation. Zachar, this term is derived from the word for a pointy sword and refers to a phallus. It is usually translated as male. Nekiva, this term is derived from the word for a crevice and probably refers to the vaginal opening. It is usually translated as female. Androgynos, a person who has both male and female sexual characteristics. There are 149 references in Mishnah and Talmud. 350 in classical Midrash and Jewish law codes. Tum-tum, a person whose sexual characteristics are indeterminate or obscured. Uh, There are 181 references in Mishnah and Talmud and 335 in classical Midrash and Jewish law codes. Ilonit, I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that right. Ilonit. A person who has identified as female at birth but develops male characteristics at puberty and is infertile. 80 references in Mishnah and Talmud. 40 in classical Midrash and Jewish law codes. And Saris, or Saris maybe. A person who has identified as male at birth but develops female characteristics as puberty and or is lacking a penis. A Saris can be naturally a Saris or become one through human intervention. That's the eunuch that we mentioned earlier or someone who has their genitals taken off for whatever reason there are 156 references in mishnah and talmud 379 in classical midrash and jewish law codes okay back to the podcast yeah i was reading this uh, great national geographic article this morning uh that talks about the different types of of intergender and intersex and yeah it, it said there was a doctor that was quoted as saying, we need to take a closer look at babies' genitals. Because there's a lot of different conditions. Um, one, one of the things they talk about is the SRY gene. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, was, I grew up to learn that there's XY and XX. Right. And occasionally XXX. Yeah, variants. XYX. Yeah. Um, and then, like, fragments of everything. Also have, and, and that means uh, you have two chromosomes, or some people have three chromosomes. It's rare. Right. But you can also have this SRY uh, genetic expression gene, which te- usually falls on the Y chromosome. Sometimes it appears in the X chromosome. Sometimes it doesn't appear in the Y chromosome. Sometimes it doesn't express itself uh, normally, and um, that baby doesn't, uh, start producing uh, uh, hormones, uh, male hormones, right. testosterone, or whatever. Um, and and there's a lot of cases where somebody who is identified as having a clitoris when they're zero, when they're twelve, their body starts producing testosterone and the their penis pops out. Yeah, and, 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 and uh, that's an inter- uh, an important thing to recognize is uh, 
uh, there's a very big difference between uh, chromosomes themselves and, the, and, the, and then the genetic expression uh, of the chromosomes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because you know you can have, uh, you know, like you said, you could have somebody who has XX chromosomes, uh, but for whatever reason, uh, their genetics cause them to have uh, expression of XY, and so. I think also, like, even even molecular biologists are still saying, like, we don't know enough about how yeah. about how genetics work to have a definitive answer. So it always is really funny to me when anybody, like, tries to go to that route, especially to shut down the idea yeah. uh, uh, of being transgender uh, with with a science scientific basis. I, I think uh, on, on those terms, like, we can get, a, like, a pretty good idea, but I think... We have an idea of like, uh, like the hardware, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, we don't have an idea of about the software yet. And you know what, how it's processed. Yeah. Well, there's also like chromosomal fragmentation as well, where like yeah. you can have an XY chromosome, but you might have a fragment of another X chromosome with the XY chromosome, and like that, that that might like uh, show why you express something. Like there could be someone with an XY fragment x and they could express female exactly like, it's it's all it's all very complicated <laughs> genes are just a a shortcut for we're talking about billions and billions of genetic coding um and and they're all interconnected there's not one gene that gives you your everything skin yeah. color your hair color your yeah. eye color it's a mix of all of them sort of working together and you can and and you can kind of generally say this gene generally causes blue eyes, but when it's mixed with another gene, sometimes it's hazel eyes, or you know, um, and and so yeah, it's, and then, it's so complex. I just wish I was given the expression where I could have horns. <laughs> you, I want to have I want to have antlers, <laughs> like, like just big, 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 big ones. Yeah, like you, I want it difficult for me to get in and out of cars. <laughs> like, I, you want to be more conspicuous to game hunters. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> you can change your, your antler expression. Yeah. Surgery, I just, perhaps. I just want antlers. That's all. Like, <laughs> there's a story uh, that I love uh, called uh, about the Irish elk. It, it, it's, a, it, it's a moose, but it's also called the Irish elk that evolved so that its antlers were so big that it couldn't lift its head. Yeah. Oh, no. And then went extinct. <laughs> yep. <laughs> because, it, and it was a gender oh, thing, too, it, because the antlers on the, the male only had them. The antlers on the male were uh, considered a, a sexual turn-on for the female of yeah. the elk, and so they, they uh, kept genetically getting bigger and bigger and bigger until the... the it's <laughs> like a whole species where all the males were p- pickup artists who were told to get that... Uh, like the, the, those gross hats, yeah. And then like They're you know, all magic. Yeah, and then you know, all those men are going extinct. They're yeah. becoming incels. They're suffocating <laughs> yeah. under their giant fedoras. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, I mean, I'm a maybe, lady, and, and, and the other, I was just like, don't talk to me. <laughs> well, I, this is the, the what, toxic male masculinity might uh, yeah. just uh, die under its own, uh, suffocate under its own uh, uh, antlers. <laughs> dragging antlers its head. Yeah. <laughs> I like that story a lot because it's pertinent to. Uh, You'll see a lot of people throw the term de-evolution around, and that doesn't exist. 
Yeah, I, mean, I, don't know how you, I don't know how we go back to a single-celled organism. Well, <laughs> I prefer to pronounce it devolution. Oh, devolution. That's what I'm about. <laughs> Give me those horns. Uh, no, but... Uh, De-evolution, like, de-evolution gives like a value to evolution where like evolution only works in a positive way. And it's right. like, no, it can work any direction. It doesn't It just means it's, yeah. it's happening. Yeah. There's no <laughs> change de- is happening. There's be- catalysts that are going yeah. on. There's no backwards because there's no forwards. Yeah, it's just it a just thing. Goes. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes that means you get giant antlers. Yeah, or sometimes you you uh you uh will develop a penis or yeah. uh or you know a, a, a vagina. Or so, sometimes your clitoris pops out into a penis. Yeah, because the, the important thing to understand about that is uh, when we're first growing as, as embryos, we're all the same animal. We yep. have the exact same body, male yeah. or female, and it's only when and, we start um, having the expression of of of, of uh, that genetic material that uh. All of the same building blocks just split off into different products. Yeah, essentially, I, I kind of think is the the female is the baseline. The, the ovaries and and the baby production uh, parts of a person are what you really start with. Right. Yeah. And then at some point, uh, male baby embryos will start to take testosterone, and it'll turn into different genitals. Yeah, because if if we want to get real, like get into the nitty gritty of like the genital stuff. Uh, Let's a, a, get into <laughs> genital stuff. Uh, the clitoris uh, it, it is, is a lot more than the, the, the tiny part that uh, most oh, gender yeah. straight men don't know oh, where it is. Oh, we got those legs. Uh, oh, wait. yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, look, Google uh, clitoris. Uh, clitoris. Clitoris. Uh, clitoris. Uh, <laughs> clitoris was my favorite See, runner that say didn't it, have. Find it. <laughs> Oscar Clitoris. <laughs> Anatomical watch or, or um, <laughs> a, a drawing. And yeah, it goes way in there. Yeah. It has these roots, and it, it looks much like a penis inside. Uh huh. Because you have yeah. a you have the like a like a head and shaft that's a lot more narrow, mind you. Uh, the clitoral hood is basically foreskin. Yeah. Uh, and your labia is a lot like an empty ball sack. Uh, yeah. It. I'm 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 probably deromanticizing uh, <laughs> women's yeah, genitals for you. Yeah, are much like testes. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It, it, it's like. They're very much the same ingredients. They've just been reconfigured, yeah, it's, essentially. It's all Lego blocks. We're just putting them in different spots. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, and, yeah. If, uh, and that's why men have nipples, too. There's not usually a, a practical purpose for them, uh, mm-hmm. but they are technically functional, too. Yeah, yeah. That, that's and, one of our stories. <laughs> Let's get into <laughs> our stories that we picked out today. Yeah, sure. uh, that Well, first of all, men can lactate sometimes yeah yeah um it, it depends on their internal hormones and they might be taking hormone treatment or not it, yeah it and it happen. uh it, it also very much comes down to like the, uh, like i think it's unless you have a, a major hormone imbalance it's very difficult to be like i would like to help nurse our child <laughs> or yeah. or just to start leaking milk in the in the middle of the grocery store or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've tried so many times at the grocery store to <laughs> lactate fellow comedians uh You'll be interested to know that uh, it's been shown that smoking weed uh, increases estrogen production in both men and women. So yeah, uh, maybe what? maybe we'll all be lactating. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's not uh, why I have fully round breasts, yeah. but uh, it's partly due to all the uh, ice cream. But yeah. uh, <laughs> the weed is probably yeah. much. I don't know. I feel like if that were true, every every woman I know who happens to be trans would be a giant stoner. <laughs> uh, I feel like go. that might be. I feel like that might be something that like is possible, but it. 
it's it, I imagine it's probably also exaggerated the same way that they try to make out uh, soy as oh. being an estrogen producer when it's actually not at all. Like uh, well, you'd have to eat so much of it, you'd probably well, like, have a toxicity does, level problem. Does stimulate the hormone production, but not in a way that actually it, nothing's gonna have a, not, an effect on your physiological. Yeah. 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 So you know, smoke them if you got them. Drink mm. your soy milk if you got it. Yeah. I guess. Do whatever <laughs> you want. But there is a story in uh, LiveScience.com. Yeah. Uh, where for, where for the first time. I don't know the first time, but it, for uh, a transgender woman was able to breastfeed her child for uh, six weeks, and, right? And and it's it's sort of a uh, an experimental cocktail of hormonal ther- treatment right now that was able to get her to that point. Yeah, um, like I imagine she—that's amazing. She probably had been taking some sort of regimen for a while. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's awesome, and it's probably a really amazing uh, thing to be able to do as a parent, uh, especially if like maybe you would you know wish to carry a child that's still uh, probably a ways off, maybe outside of uh, our lifetime, and for a woman uh, who was assigned male at birth to, oh, to, to carry a child, to carry a child themselves, yeah. but like that, I feel imagine that's probably that probably is really affirming uh, for her motherhood, uh, just be like, yeah, I literally sustained this child. With, with yeah. my with my my life force. When I read that article, I was like, I'm never gonna feel as happy or fulfilled as she did. <laughs> yeah. Like the idea that your entire life you've been fighting to express this gender, and then you get to do like what a lot of society says this like is a standpoint of that like gender. That's got to be just. That's got to be the most amazing yeah. feeling. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. especially like I. Unless I don't, she just thinks it's. Unless she thinks it's gross. I imagine though. I imagine though, like you don't just like get peer pressured into into breastfeeding. I'm sure she was really yeah. <laughs> into the idea. And uh, it doesn't. I don't remember that story saying anything, but it was probably really a great. If she was with her partner, uh, uh, having that child, that was probably a really you know uh, fulfilling. Uh, euphoric feeling uh, to connect to your partner as parents too. Yeah. Or yeah. even, or even if you don't have a partner, maybe if she's raising the child alone. Hell yeah, that's gonna that's gonna cause a bond uh, through 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 the latching uh, a, a breastfeeding that is really really hard to to replicate uh, in those in those first few months. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's gotta feel great, especially if you you wanted to be a mother and and, and were assigned male. Right. Your whole life. I mean, th- that payoff has got to be amazing. And so. I think that that's a great um, uh, optimistic thing that uh, that trans women could look forward to is this technology getting better and uh, being able to happen more. No, I feel like we are like one or two generations away from from like, you know, figuring out your gender identity becoming just like another thing that like yeah. anybody would just be like, well, I, I should go probably go see a doctor, uh, you know, just to feel in a certain kind of way and and I and I that's what I'm hoping is going to happen in the future is it's not something that you have to grapple with let alone be in the closet about like the equivalent yeah. of like plastic surgery where like in the 1930s like it was like if you like had a non-cosmetic one yeah, yeah like if, in, in 1930s like if you got a rhinoplasty or something like that like you would like keep it like under wraps and like no one would know about it and like yeah in like a couple generations you'd be like oh yeah they uh they had gender confirmation surgery. Yeah, like, yeah. or everybody I can talks Im- about their nose jobs now. Or yeah. I, uh, maybe a closer analogy might be like fertility or issues. Fertility issues, like because yeah. that one, I feel like has a stigma, but it's not nearly as pronounced as you know uh, 
you know, having yeah. gender identity issues. Yeah. Uh, and if you go to the doctor and say you're having trouble conceiving, they don't like you don't have to worry about them trying to shame you or something. Exactly. Yeah. Or like you if you tell your friends, they're just excited that you're going to, you know, that you have figured out that you want to be parents. Yeah. You know, that you're going to be trying for it. Like people root for you. <laughs> um, speaking of you, you mentioned that um, maybe in a few generations, uh, trans women might be able to conceive children or bear children. Um, the first penis scrotum transplant happened uh, about a month. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah that was. Ago. Yeah, yeah, I think it's like the the, the the second or third one that's ever been successful. Uh, I'm gonna get any of my T boys, my trans boys out there listening. Unfortunately, this does not work for um, female to male uh, uh, guys. This is only for cisgender men right now. Yeah, yeah. This isn't a okay. confirmation um, to to. Uh, yeah, well, you just can't male. do this kind of surgery on on uh, on uh, on trans men yet. Is the um, thing. Yeah, not yet. I I bet we're. Cl- I so bet we can get close. There soon. isn't like. Is it penoplasty? Uh, there's fat. There's uh, for bottom surgery. If that's what you're. Uh, there's a couple of procedures that are most common uh, for for trans men. There's phalloplasty, and that's where you have uh, a couple different procedures to to basically like build a penis. Uh, mm. They usually uh, take tissue from your forearm or any other place that they can get a large graft, and that's where they would actually build the shaft from. And then uh-huh. they'll they'll hook up your plumbing. Uh, you know, and like they'll they'll create a ball, they'll create a ball sack. Put uh, usually they put like um implants and, and stuff there if you yeah. want testicles, and they'll also like give you a. Uh, right now, there's not a way uh to uh achieve like a, a a quote unquote natural erection with that. So you would also probably end up with like a rod or some sort of pump if you want to there, be able to yeah, be sexually pump, active pump with implants. it. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, there's a second procedure that's a little bit different. And that's called uh, meta, and I think it's called like um, metoidioplasty. I, I might be saying the the full name wrong, uh, but that's where you take uh, any bottom growth that happens uh, just from uh, going on testosterone hormone replacement therapy. Mm. Uh, usually, your clitoris uh, grows from um, from taking those, and mm-hmm. then the doctor will use just that tissue to kind of like uh, build a penis uh, uh, out of your uh, out of that growth, and then like the rest of your plumbing. Mm-hmm. So that so you'll but you'll retain like the smaller shape, whereas with a phalloplasty, you can get one that is more like of an average, like an average size, yeah, yeah of, like of, of a, a dude's a penis, a foot long penis, like yeah. an average male size. And the, <laughs> but the pros and cons are like it's not three. Yeah, but with the second one, with the smaller one, yeah. you you can still have an erection oh. the same way. You just have usually mm-hmm. uh, what would be classified as a micro penis. Yeah, the clitoris would fill up with blood just as like a, a normal. Yeah, size. yeah, yeah. Women get erections yeah. too. It's just like yeah. Yeah. it's under wraps. So <laughs> uh, um, next so, week so on this, secret uh, erection. Yeah. <laughs> so this transplant that happened was a uh, a U.S. soldier who got his uh, junk blown off. With, uh, that's in, the technical term. Yeah, man. <laughs> that, that's what the uh, doctors called it. Yeah. The old junk blown off. Um, if I if, if if my wiener gets blown off by the U.S. government. Dude, they're hand, they're waiting on me hand and foot for the rest <laughs> of my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like I went over. Fun a war I didn't even want to be in. <laughs> well, that's my favorite Bob Dylan protest song. <laughs> my penis, my penis my got dog. blown off yeah. by the U.S. government. I feel sorry for all the people before this guy who had their penis blown off by the government. Yeah. Um, but this guy is, is um, I don't know, you said maybe there's two or three. It says here in a transplant first, he had um, the whole shaft and uh, uh, testicle, not testicles, uh, ball sack. Yeah, they uh, just scrotum. the sack. Scrotum. 
without the testicles, um, and a graft of the abdomen, and uh, he had surgically installed, and even the the nerves and and all the um, arteries were reattached. Yeah, because that's and basically you have to just go in and like. You have to think of like the body as like a, like a crazy like pipe like a uh, plumbing system and electrical yeah. system yeah, and you yeah. have to go and you have to reattach all those fucking wires that are your blood vessels and your fucking arteries and and your fucking and like the nerves too the nerves yeah. if you want to be able to have sensation down there once it's installed <laughs> it's it's crazy yeah <laughs> it's amazing I mean th- there are people um, working like, on head transplants right now it's, obviously it's never been done. On a human, but it has been tried on dogs. Um, And and it's the same thing, except even more complex. It's just a million, millions and millions of little connections that all have to be uh, connected correctly. When you have a a surviving patient from such a procedure, on on the donor side and on the... There was a, a dog that survived for, I think, a few weeks after receiving a head transplant. You could... Uh, you can keep a body alive, like, by hooking it up to a bunch of stuff, like making sure all of the cells stay alive without a head. I, yeah. I mean, I don't recommend it. But <laughs> and also at that point, isn't that, like, probably more technically a body transplant because, like, the self is just the brain? <laughs> so, like, just saying it's a head transplant, it's like, well, I agree. you're it's not even going to be awake yeah. to be like, yeah, yeah. well, thanks. Thank you for this transplant. It's some other dude who's like, whoa. It's, yeah, it's not the body going, I got a new head. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be the head going, I got a new body. Right. Got a new body. <laughs> um, yeah, the, uh, the Russians tried this in the of course they 50s. Did. Yeah. Of course they did. The Vladimir Dimikov, a doctor, tried a dog head transplant. It lived for a little while. Ugh. But uh, anyway. It, I so don't know if soldier, I'd call that living. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he didn't live a good life. Yeah. He got um, called a good boy a few times. He was oh, a good boy. Yeah. Oh, he, he scratched. He got his belly scratched. Yeah. And, and this soldier and was sent called, him into space. This, this <laughs> soldier also had his belly scratched and was oh. sent on on his way. Um, they say that he should receive uh, or he should uh, return to uh, normal sexual function and uh, whatever that other means. function. Well, uh, except function. for the fact that like the reason why you specified they didn't put the balls in is because they were not sure if like. Uh, oh, right. Letting him like ejaculate somebody else's sperm was like ethically okay, because <laughs> uh, at that point it's like a consent issue for whoever used to have that wiener. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the, the oh, that's um, interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, you would be the assumedly dead person who donated the genitals. Yeah, can't can't really consent to to like having, having their, children. Yeah, because it would be their vast deference. Yeah, and it would yeah. be, so, yeah, I mean, be their genetic material it'd be their also. Ge- genes. Yeah. yeah. Whoa! Yeah, that's it's, techni- nuts. it's technically possible for a dude to fuck somebody with your dick and get and have children, have your children <laughs> after you're dead. Oh, uh, some other dude might be like fucking that. with your dick. <laughs> where do you where do you put that on your driver's license? <laughs> I want to donate all, donate all my organs except for my best efforts. Or I want to donate nothing except for my dick and balls. <laughs> <laughs> I my see my, lives on. Yeah, I want my balls to live forever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just like there's like a little sticker. That looks like a couple of uh, balls that you just <laughs> put on the on the driver's license. <laughs> just put it right over your forehead. If you yeah. got the tea bag license, <laughs> that means you want your balls forever. <laughs> it's a red eggplant. Uh, yeah. Another thing that's that's wild about that though is that dude is gonna like having that much tissue transplanted at one point usually means that like you kind of have to have follow up procedures and I, I imagine he's probably taking like uh 
like immunosuppressants sort of stuff just yeah. to keep the, the system there's no risk of uh, yeah. rejection yeah. Um, there's risks for infection diabetes hypertension so he's going to be probably taking a lot of um, drugs antibiotics to whatever to keep it uh, his body from rejecting this tissue yeah, yeah but like but you it know, seems to be a if success. If it's what he so wanted, far. man, Godspeed. Yeah, yeah. That's I bet a lot because uh, because the nerve thing with us with the way like uh, uh, like artificial limbs have come in the last ten years, I bet that nerve like a lot of that like connecting nerve tissue is from the artificial limb research because they've got like those hands where like people can feel heat or pressure with a limb that is made out of metal and plastic. Oh yeah, and I actually know like a bu- I-, I know like quite a few like trans dudes who've talked about like the fact that like I'm just waiting for my robot dick to get here. <laughs> <laughs> like like Oh uh, my like, god. Yeah, like none of the none of like the more like fleshy options are are as pleasing to them or like as are like a correct fit for for what their goals are with their transition and they're like yeah. hell yeah, give me that Jetson dick. Oh, I'll, I'll wait would, for it. I feel like we should be there. Like we have uh, Boston Dynamics robots running around and opening doors and shit. Yeah. Yeah. We have, you know, we have prosthetic arms that work pretty well that you, people can control. Yeah, so where's my wiener that's where, also a soda stream, you where's know? Robot <laughs> Wait, no, <laughs> let's not stream. let's not publish that. Guys, I've got we should start a billion dollar business. <laughs> the wiener soda stream. Yeah. It's, it's called root beer dick. I'm just saying fellas, if you take a woman home and don't at least offer her a soft drink, you're being rude. <laughs> yeah. It's rude. I mean, but you should probably <laughs> tell her that it's in your wiener before you take your pants off to, to pour. Well, yeah, like Dr. A- Pepper, Sprite. <laughs> I just have to use this app and, and load up what what soda you enjoy. <laughs> and then she rightfully uh, slaps you across the face and yeah. runs out of the room. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> no cherry Coke. I'm out of here. Well, that's, that's a thing you discuss at the dinner table, not before you get her back home, gentlemen. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Spe- speaking of re- repairing nerves, there there is... Like science is getting really good at this. In in uh, spinal cord injury repair has been getting yeah amazing, and a lot of it is due to uh, stem cell research. Right, they're finding that they can repair severed spines uh, with stem cells, and and it's it's really I don't know the exact science, but when you think of your uh, your spinal cord, it's like a a, a fiber optic cable with a million uh, things bound together. Right. They call it angel hair pasta. So if you have, <laughs> yeah. if it gets cut and you have one end with a million things and another end with a million things, they used to think, oh, this is going to suck. We're going to have to take each one of those millions one by one and Put reattach them to the yeah. right place, which is near impossible. It's basically impossible. But they're finding that with stem cells, they're able to fuse them together, and in some cases the connections will reconnect by themselves. And even if they, like your big toe might reconnect with, with what used to be your knee ah, uh, nerve. Yeah. But then your body will start to we'll relearn. Learn. Yeah. So oh, it'll, and your brain will relearn. So oh, that's not my knee would, anymore. That's my toe. So for a while you would, you would go to move your knee and your, and your, and your arm might raise, but after and, a while your body would be like, Hold on, we're gonna send IT down, figure out what's going on, yeah. and they'll just start redirecting every <laughs> the traffic patterns. Oh, yeah. this is what happened. All these lanes <laughs> got switched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The brain is amazing, and like mm-hmm. I, I was reading a lot about that, where it was like, uh, 
Yeah, they were basically saying, like, within a week, basically, your brain is just like, oh, now I no longer think move knee, I think move toe, and that will move knee. Yeah. And it just happens. Yeah. That's that's nuts. I want... But in, like, in, in the simplest terms, it almost feels like someone just took a label maker and went, eh, that's the knee now. Yeah. <laughs> I won't forget. <laughs> Who put the intern in charge of this? <laughs> Who's, all these labels are wrong. <laughs> put it right over there. That's not a knee. <laughs> that's an arm. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, the intern's doing it on purpose. I think this is an arm. <laughs> We're going to have brain codes. Great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see what else here. I I found out reading um, the, new the, sci- the new in newscientist.com that older brothers might make younger brothers more likely to be gay. And I'm an older brother of a gay man, um, so maybe I had a part in making that happen. <laughs> you made your brother when gay when I was a baby. <laughs> I made, when I was a baby, I made my baby brother gay. Yeah, because the way uh, the way that they're saying it's happening is uh, some sort of it causes some Anti- sort of like, wait, what were they saying was it the says reasoning? Antibodies in a mother's immune system can change after she has her first baby. Interesting. I think especially male babies affect mothers' um, biome and, and immune system. Right. Yeah. Um, and it can change it, some levels of antibodies or something. It doesn't guarantee, obviously, that <clears throat> more siblings down the line might would be gay, but it might slightly increase that probability. Uh. I'm going to probably respectfully say, like, th- this sounds like correlation and not causation. Like, it I feel like be. I'm feeling like they're it because, it, like, uh, at the bottom of that particular article, they went, oh, by the way, uh, the research, the, the group that we study was actually quite small, which also leads me to believe if they're doing a very small sample size, yeah. probably there's probably not been any peer review. Because uh, usually if a study has, like, less than 50 participants, uh, yeah, the scientific won't. community is like, the fuck is this? Yeah, because uh, it's kind it's of like far away from settled science. In fact, yeah. you know, like genetics of of being homosexual are so unknown right now. Um, yeah. <clears throat> for instance, like people used to talk about looking for a gay gene, but it's so much more complex than just yeah, a gay gene. I I on I honestly, I feel like we we just desperately want to have a reason. I think maybe even like on a very unconscious level. We're still, even for people who uh, are accepting and loving, there's just just this feeling of like, but it's not correct. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like the search for the reason is the actual reason that we're looking for. Is a is a problem. And so, and so, yeah. yeah. In our minds, the, the idea that we need to assign a gene yeah. to some to someone's it's just so we can have a, an themselves. explanation that yeah. might not be there. Uh, I I liken being gay to being left or right-handed. There's no mm-hmm. gene oh, that makes great. you left or right-handed. But if you try to write with your non-dominant hand, it feels uncomfortable. Yeah. And for a long time, they used to force children to, <laughs> to write with their non-dominant hand. I Same was, way they force little kids to be attracted to people they're be, not. I'm left-handed, and I remember being in school and having people try and make me write with my right hand. Yeah, or sh- or, or yeah. shame you. Yeah. You you got some challenges. You know, you got that rub on the on the graphite on your hand. Yeah, basically, I know what it's like to be a gay man. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm left-handed and gay, so that's double, oh, no. double gay. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I was, like, when, when people feel like gay, people people try to put down people by saying it, they're, they're making a choice. I'm like... I, I never chose to be attracted straight, to women. Yeah. Right. I, I look at a picture of a naked woman or man, and there's no choice going on in my head which one seems more pleasing to me internally. 
Right. It could be. It's not nature or nurture. I, I think it's a very complex mixture of both. Yeah, in it your has whole to be. life, upbringing, and um, even environmental factors can. We're now learning. Uh, affect your internal gene expression yeah. and can even change your genes enough to change the uh, the, the genes that you pass on to, to uh, your do offspring. Yeah. Do you guys know about in World War II we tried to make Hitler gay? We tried the gay bomb. <laughs> there's like, yeah. there's, there a whole, there's a whole documentary <laughs> you can watch about the conspiracy that, 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 that Adolf Hitler was actually a gay man. I haven't watched it oh, yet, but I'm very interested to like see what evidence they have towards it. It would it would make sense in so far as like, why do we know so much about Hitler's girlfriend? <laughs> you know, oh. <laughs> whereas like you know during the war we didn't necessarily like. Do you know like what Stalin's girlfriend was up to? No. See exactly, yeah. but like somebody that we hate That's that right. much, uh, we Eva definitely like, there's gotta be there's gotta be some other larger reason that this man wants to kill so many people. Might be that we don't let him put his wiener in other dudes' butts. He was, <laughs> I, I he just was single his entire life, like unmarried, right? Yeah, uh, yeah I think I think part of him getting married was like a political move. Uh, Did he get married? Finally, well, because, or, uh, or people want to people assume that uh, Nazi Germany was was very atheist, whereas like at the time, like like uh, so. pol- like uh, the census was probably probably just as as firmly like spiritual or, or religious as like as the United States was at well, the time. Be- before the Nazis, Germany was very open to uh, like all of that kind of stuff and like the Nazis were uh, like a backlash against it. They were yeah. they were religious and like are as religious as anyone else and used that religion as a weapon. Like they're the, but they only say socialist because they like Poking fun at socialists, basically, and Nazis, like yeah, and like uh, it was, oh. it, yeah, it's a, it's socialism in, in name, literally name yeah. only. <laughs> well, yeah. The reason it's called the National Socialist Party because it was a workers' party that got taken over by right wing fanatics, and yeah. they kept the name. Yeah, and so like I imagine, I, I would, I wouldn't doubt very much that that Hitler got married or like at least got a girlfriend because it was the right look. Yeah. For for what they were building their Ubermensch thing towards. Yeah. And then who's at the, the president that as a Cleveland who was uh, uh, what they called at the time a confirmed bachelor? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's cool. I would. <laughs> I, you want to be a confirmed bachelor? I think, I think we should go back to that time because that makes that makes gay even cooler than it is already. If you're like yeah. a confirmed bachelor, I think that's the cool. Like I imagine like a smoking jacket, <laughs> and, like having like a, a cigar of a pipe and yeah, like, like a ve- red velvet. I will say confirmed bachelor. There was not much queer coding that got past me as a kid cuz I would like secretly like take in as much as I could whenever my religious family wasn't watching. Yeah. But the term confirmed bachelor definitely flew over my head. Yeah. Over and over again. And then it like sunk in probably in my twenties, like, oh, that just means a gay dude. Yeah. That everyone's being polite about it. <laughs> like they probably do have a boyfriend, but no one wants to acknowledge it, so they're just a bachelor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and, um, and, and then uh probably the sociological reasons the Nazis uh became uh it's the same reason that it's happening now. Yeah. Is that it, it's a marginalized the people who would be in uh that counterculture would be people who live on the margins 
And if you can get the rest of the people who are on the margins, then you can take care of uh, the Jewish people who have always been on the margins a lot more yep. easily. Yeah. And uh, we can, you know, eradicate Jewish art and, and music and fashion uh, if we just, you know, so, uh, you know, repress all of it and then decide who can who's acceptably uh, Aryan enough to because exist. The best way to oppress the majority of, you know, white you know, Germany is to scapegoat the minorities around them yeah while while you're stealing their money and you go those guys did it the the jews the you know the immigrants the mexicans uh, coming the over the gays, border the, the muslim the, families right. the yeah. mexican i don't i don't know if uh, the nazis really had a stance on mexicans uh, I've, i'm just carrying it over to modern <laughs> yeah. days i imagine they probably uh the ones who live in us uh, South America right now are probably <laughs> probably got used to them. Yeah. <laughs> All those ones who like fled down there is like, oh, I wanted a master white race and uh, now I live among Latinos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not so bad. Maybe some of them are like, oh, not so bad. And, and uh, it was what? always the wildest thing to me is like the accounts of uh, other Jewish people who were like, I can pretend to not be Jewish enough. That then I can like be like, look at those those real look at those those Jews over there. Get get sure. those ones. Yeah. Uh, but my last name, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And That's that happens like, today too. Yeah. When, when like you know rural uh, poor people are like, you know, get those poor people, shoot them. Yeah. I'm and gonna I'm like, be rich how soon. Do you, how yeah. do you think yeah. you're not next? Yeah. <laughs> no, and on the other side of it, I always think it's amazing that the working class of America doesn't realize what a scam that is. Yeah. That like who the, the, whatever they're, powers they're it be were like distract each other. Yeah. By by like uh the rich billionaires and corporations and and they're Constantly. going it's because of those poor people that I'm poor. I like, th- I think a lot of it is like peop- like the concept of how much money corporations have versus how little money people have is just so difficult to grasp. Like yeah. the idea because I think everyone just thinks like oh like a corporation needs a lot of money to run. And like, and that's of course like they do need money. They need to be a successful business. They need to make money, but they're making so much more money than they need. They're so bloated, yeah. And they're just keeping all of that money and just hoarding it. And Hoard, make, the hoarding is is the part that yeah. hurts hurts us because money only works when it's moving around. Yeah, it only helps society when it's flowing. And which is why trickle which, down, which is down why, economics has never worked. Which is why trickle down doesn't work because it turns into hoarding. It it takes a certain percentage of the money out of circulation, yeah. and then uh, w- the rest of us down at the bottom of the trickle don't don't get yeah trickled and, on at all. Yeah, and then it makes you feel disenfranchised because you're not you you you've been tricked into thinking like oh, that's not the reason I'm uh like I'm repressed and uh oppressed. It's because some other person who is, you know, otherwise fundamentally the same as me, yeah. but they just happen to have maybe even a little bit less opportunity, and somehow we've been convinced that those are the people uh, to then distrust and to isolate. Yeah. And that's not even and a reactionary uh, uh, conservative move either. It happens on the radical left, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't consider liberal to be left-wing. I consider it to be between right and left. No, um, I, yeah. I consider, it, like, the it, Democratic it, it Party gets, to be our, like, maybe slightly gets, slightly right of center. Yeah. The Democratic Party, Party is definitely, like, the, the Hillary Democratic Party is definitely right of center. I think the Bernie Sanders Democratic Party is more centrist 
No, uh, I would say like, like in democratic a tr- socialism compared to like European uh, politics, I would say Bernie's sort of, like a, a true centrist. Sort of yeah. the, the center, the midpoint between the extreme left and extreme right. Yeah, because if you look at like people are always calling him like a a freaking like USSR. Forgetting like he's that, com- that, that Russia is not communist all. anymore; it's, it's an oligarchy. Yeah. Uh, but but then fact, you look at like just the Jeremy Corbyn. Down communism in the USSR. It was Gorbachev and and the Glasnost movement, which was a liberal movement a- against extreme leftism. Right. But to be fair, Russia was never a true communist country. But the USSR was not Russia. But and then, but people still think that Russia's communist today. Yeah. Like they're always saying no. stuff like red new red scare. And it's like what are you no, talking it's extremely about? Fascist. You mean it's red, a white, fascist Christian skin. oligarchy. Yeah. yeah. Uh like <laughs> it, it, it boggles the mind. And then on the left, uh even just bringing it back to gender stuff, you have people uh like what are known as trans exclusionary radical feminists. They yes. are definitely by no means um, economic uh, turfs. Socialists. For yeah, they, yeah. You, they get called turfs. They consider it a slur, but it's just the term that they created for themselves. Yeah, uh, and that's basically uh, these are feminist women, usually uh, lesbian separatists, who are like women should only be with women. M- men as a society. Uh, have kind of like ruined things for everyone and so we need to like disconnect from them and they don't like trans women coming in and being uh, part of because they yeah because it, it comes down to the idea that they don't buy Recognism. that these are women yeah uh and they think that they are men who either for psychosexual reasons or some other power dominance reason want to go in and like take over spaces that have been created for women to flourish that's great. It, it, it's always amazing to me how much uh, something like that, which I would consider radical leftism, is very similar to what I would consider ra- radical rightism, which is yeah. uh, also anti-trans, ba- you know, the bathroom law shit. No. Women should be with and we, women. And we forget men that even the far-left yeah. Communist Party was not was super, super unkind to minorities and gay people. Because, yep. like, we, we, like, we want to point to, like... Huey Newton and other like famous like people of color who were were who were like leaders of the socialist movement, but for a lot for you know the Black Panthers probably weren't as as deeply linked with the Communist Party of America because they were not treated as equals, yeah. <laughs> uh, and women definitely weren't, and gay people especially even up until the last couple of decades on the left it wasn't it wasn't easy it wasn't safe to be gay anywhere with yeah. any with any group of people, uh, so it's really it's really interesting especially that gender. And then being transgender, especially, is just what we're focused on right now. That's what's getting all of the attention now. Yeah. yeah. Was it's it just a, being gay was it's a convenient scapegoat. I, I think because yeah. it's sort of come to people's uh, consciousness in a way that it wasn't, you know, twenty years ago. And well, again, like we we don't need to keep going on on uh, on, on this political tangent, but we can. We can. Uh, I just wanted to say that, like, they. They ra- they lower taxes on billionaires and raise taxes on poor people. Last year, yeah, the highest tax raise on us, you know, middle or, or lower income people, uh, in since Reagan, who also did that, and the How whole time they're going, they're going, it's the fault of the immigrants, it's the fault of the trans people, it's the fault yeah. of this and that, and meanwhile, like they're, just they're raising our taxes and cashing it. Yeah. No, it's it is. Bonkers. I, I'm pretty convinced that uh, the GOP is just cat. Like they know they're they're fucking everyone over, and their time is limited. 
Yeah. Uh, and that they're just cashing as much it's as like, like slash and grab. Right now no, they have a super, right now they have a super majority and they're just taking as much money as they possibly No, and that's yeah. why I think no matter what, those in power right now are not going to turn on Trump for any reason yeah. because he's just really, really easy to manipulate. Yeah. And oh, so yeah. they're, they're getting... turned on the spigot to free money. They are going to strip pockets. our economy of, like, the copper wiring, my dudes. They're going to take every last thing yeah. and they're going to fucking bail because they know, yeah. like, you we, know, I, I think we we need to not, like, rest on our laurels and feel super easy about it because <laughs> that's how the 2016 election happened. But I do think that, like, if you're a Republican in 2020, you got a, an uphill race that you've never seen before. You're going to have to actually work for your votes in, a, in some of your districts you've never had to work for them before. Yeah, that, that's the the Republican playbook. It, it happened when, when Bush was coming to an end of the Bush term. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, but there was a story that someone was like, hey— Eight billion dollars of the U.S. budget just disappeared and is unaccounted for, and there's no record of it. They just took it, took eight billion dollars, and then it, it went out of the news. Two no, the GOP is really good about just taking things that they want or taking uh, people, you know, as we saw in, in the recent news, and then it just, them just disappearing. Did you see that about oh the the, the refugee the re- yeah. Yeah, ICE, refugee children were taken, separated from their children, and then ICE lost them, and yeah. sometimes. Uh, we have some confirmation. Some of those children went to hu- literal human traffickers. Yeah, ICE, oh ICE is the Gestapo. Like it, it is, they don't have records of where they're putting. No, they, they don't. They were, and they they were just, just stumping them with people, and and the, and and fifteen hundred have not been accounted for. There's also right now they're pushing for a law where ICE uh, is allowed to destroy their records as well. Oh, or, that's a, or, that is some that is like existential like how are they how do we not know that this is just the the gestapo happening again? yeah yeah like, it's it's so by the playbook of of nazism it's so i, I was talking to a friend last night about the handmaid's tale when, when i read it uh 20 years ago margaret atwood basically uh puts out point by point how a fascist regime can slowly take over yeah and people wouldn't notice and it's Exactly, like yeah. the playbook that she would mapped out is exactly happening. At no, least we in like Handmaid's Tale, they care about the environment. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the Handmaid's Tale, yeah. uh, it is very terrifying, you know, for men and and uh, cisgender men and women. But I feel like it's even more terrifying to watch as a trans person. Oh, I bet. Uh, because there's no trans people on the show. There's no characters Whoa. in that universe. If you are a gender traitor, as they call you, you're just executed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in those universes, um, th- th- those people are the first to be murdered, unfortunately. Right. And then uh, my only qu- my only uh, qualm with the show, because I think it's actually pretty well produced, uh, besides Elizabeth Moth's like, hypocrisy in her, 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 her actual life and then the roles that she takes and the image she gives herself is that uh, the racial intersectionality is not as realistic as the books portrayed it as, because in, in the books there was still the uh, also the, the racial inequality uh, yeah. that got played into, like, yeah. the, the, cast, the caste system that got established. Whereas in the TV show, it's a little bit more, like, romanticized that in America we don't have a race problem anymore, so when the gender war happened there were no there was no there was no racial uh <laughs> yeah, yeah well i mean side goodness so because you you want to cast a racially diverse cast anyway yeah like if they wanted to make it extremely by the book and just cast white people then that would be very it would it would suck uh but it also would just i i think it was just a maybe a one one or two drafts and they're like 
this is just so, such a bummer. I don't think anyone will watch it. Yeah. <laughs> if it's like, if it's like, you know, that like people of color are in camps and women are are are, are slaves in their own houses. Uh, I think I think that was probably the decision. It was just like that makes people too sad. We just want people to be the right amount of sad. I mean, it's already almost unwatchably horrific uh, in a lot of. Oh yeah, man, points. it's there's a. <laughs> There's a lot of like emotional repair you have to go through after watching him. <laughs> yeah, you need hand, you need aftercare. Like you just like <laughs> did like a BDSM. Scene. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I need someone to cuddle me. I need yeah. some. Uh, uh, and you know, uh, but I do think that sort of like that sort of like primal like uh, apprehension and fear is not 100% what it's like uh, when you step out the door every day when you're trans. But I think maybe that sort of like what it was like 10 or 15 years before like the the takeover happened like walking around knowing like if people find out about you you could lose your job uh if people find out about you you could lose your family yeah uh there's there's a lot of parallels that are actually happening to people in their lives right now in those books and i think that's the most important thing to pay attention to is not how scary it could be that we are approaching it but how scary it is that we are already inside of it and we just can't tell that's why, like, well, that's why the bathroom issue is important because, like, there yeah. are trans people who get killed for going to what is called the wrong bathroom. I and it's before and it, I came out. Yeah, something like that almost happened to me. It was terrifying. Yeah. I've I've had two like really uh, scary things happen to me in my life in bathrooms. Yeah, based on gender expression uh, and my perceived sexuality. Uh, I, I've. I, yeah. That's the thing. It's not even just trans people, but a lot of times nonconforming people just don't, you know, yeah. s- somebody who's extremely conforming might think, might think a woman who is a woman isn't because. Exactly. Of the yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, there, uh, the, uh, uh, just a term of clarification, uh, cause you were good on that is gender nonconforming doesn't necessarily mean that your gender identity uh, deviates from your assigned birth. It just means that your expression, like how you are perceived, how you present yourself. So, like yeah. a, 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 okay. a butch lesbian is could be considered gender, gender non-conforming, non-conforming, or you know, a man who just sure. tends to cross dress, but yeah. is still straight man, heterosexual, uh, doesn't want to necessarily do it every day. Might be con- might consider themselves gender non-conforming. Okay, and cool. so, like you have cisgender women being followed into bathrooms yeah. by men That's to confront them for going to the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, you that, have, you know, feminine men getting cornered. That, uh, that's why the idea of, like, policing where someone goes to do their private business is so... Uh, it's such a Pandora's box of awfulness because right. then, like... You're, you're 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 basically those the people who are in favor of those rules and laws are just or or are, are basically saying I want to know what your genitals are. It's <laughs> like, it's weird and it's also like one of those weird things like like those fucking nerds who wear the letter of the law is more important than the spirit of the law. Yeah. Because can those you imagine fucking nerds? Just think about it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm only about six or seven months on testosterone. Yeah. And to strangers. I get clocked as a man 100% of the time now. Yeah. Uh, with people who've known me, those are the people who actually struggle the most right now with, like, misgendering me and stuff. It's not strangers. Uh, but can you imagine even now if I went into a women's bathroom? Yeah. Because, you know, if somebody had their druthers and I was forced to use yeah. the women's bathroom because I was born with uh, female primary, uh, primary sexual characteristics. Yeah. Women would not want me in there with them. No. 
you, oh, you know, yeah. I have they a little beard. I have a little beard. I have a little mustache. You got Errol yeah. Flynn facial hair. I think I've <laughs> yeah. told you how jealous I am of your facial hair. Because when I first had facial hair, it was like splotchy and all over the place. Yeah. And you're rocking. Like, yeah, you look you like Errol Flynn. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah and like Van you know, Dyke going on. Uh, you know, and I've, I, 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 I happen to have had, uh, you know, top surgery, and I can explain any of those terms if you want uh, to go into it. Sure. I just don't look like a woman. No. It's going to be far more uncomfortable for women uh, to have to spare, share a bathroom space with men because of a fucking letter of the law about genitals. Yeah. And then also, how would you check these things? Yeah. You're only, everyone thinks that they can clock a trans person. I'm just letting you know. Absolutely not. You cannot. No. Like, you might oh, be yeah. able to clock some trans people because they might either prefer to have their presentation be that way or they're in the middle of their journey or sometimes people just don't just necessarily wanna... have to have, like, the same timbre of voice as you to be but, a woman. Yeah. <laughs> show, show those people, like, a slideshow of people's faces and be like, if you can correctly identify, you know, 50% of these people, then... Uh, then maybe you have a point. And Dave, there's you're, no way you're, they would. You're describing the training process for the <laughs> bathroom monitors that we're going to get in 10 years. It's, it's ridiculous. It's, 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 it's a, yeah, it's in the way that it's presented to people as, like, it's a man in a dress who's there to steal your daughter. It doesn't uh, make any well, fucking sense. It's thing, not like, that at all. You, you would, pe- like, if someone is a pervert or a kidnapper... They're not going to be like, oh, this says only women can be in here. I can't go inside this bathroom now. Also, like, like, I don't think they understand how uh, fucking hard it is to do medical transition. Nobody would go on hormone replacement therapy unless they needed it. Yeah. I I can tell you, because essentially what's happening is you're kickstarting a literal second puberty. For a woman or a man, I'm going, and I want. If if you remember what it was like to start puberty, it's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. yeah. The first three months of my, like, I recently um had my. It takes about six months for testosterone to fully start absorbing into your system and being processed, uh, to get to the level of uh, of uh, a level that would uh, a cisgender man would produce naturally. Yeah. Uh, but it, up until that point, they can't really test you every day to know if, if you're taking the right amount. So up until like a month ago, I was taking too much testosterone. And I was, it was rage. way, way, way too much. I, I, I wouldn't say it? it's like a roid rage sort of situation, yeah. but it, it makes you feel sick. Is uh, it a it, pill? Uh, we, uh, women, I can usually take a pill, uh, but with uh, with testosterone right now, you either will do an injection, uh, either um, into the into the the, the muscle, an mm-hmm. IM, mm-hmm. or uh, sub Q, which is uh, subcutaneous fat, and that's what I do, an injection of that. So like, I'll just take, I'll pinch like a, some belly fat, and I'll inject it like at a forty five degree angle, so it goes into there. Uh, like they also. Uh, it depends on your on your what your dose where is. Where you are in the yeah. process, yeah. Yeah. So for my 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 uh, my specific kind, I will take like a 0. 0.4 uh, milliliter uh, amount once a week, uh, and that really just depends on what your doctor is. Or even regionally, they do it differently. Sometimes they'll have people do it every other week or even once a month, but you usually are like getting the same amount, and that's for injection. And then they also have like a nasal spray. That I don't think is the efficacy is very good, so they might have discontinued that one. You and can then, take testosterone by a nasal spray. Yeah, or you can take it on as a roll-on or a gel, uh-huh. or even a patch. And I think, I think those are the only ones. And then for women, it's usually a pill. I think. I think uh, Spiro and, and estrogen are, are pills that you take. Yeah, yeah, this is this is something I don't talk about often. 
often, but I I was producing excess testosterone when I went through puberty, and I I used to get the subcutaneous shot as well as a testosterone blocker, because I was like I think too virile. Well, it wasn't vir- it, no. It was like my doctor was worried I was gonna die of a heart attack at oh, like geez. seventeen. And also, you like, want to know something else fucked up? Yeah. If you have too much testosterone in your system, it will actually start converting into estrogen. Yeah. So it's very important uh, for men, for trans men, to uh, probably get that that ratio get right because right they don't want to start going back into like having a female level of testosterone again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I went all the way around and back. To, yeah, back, it back sucks. to where it was again. <laughs> <laughs> The answer is more. Yeah, and then uh, how long did it take for them to, like, get uh, you down to a regimen that worked that, you, like, they understood, like, exactly what ratio? It took a while, right? It, it, honestly, it took, I, uh, until, until I was, like, 25, uh, so it was, like, from 14 to 25. Yeah. And then uh, around 25, I kind of decided that, like, I didn't want it anymore, and I was going to try and just, like, all the... All of the, like, stuff that was happening around me, I was like, I think I can get a handle on this on my own oh, cool. without using the hormone therapy. Yeah. But, yeah, it Did was... they find that your hormones sort of settled down after... Uh, I mean, I think, I'm, I think I'm getting to... I haven't seen my endocrinologist in a while, but uh, I think, you know, I'm 31 now, which is kind of when men start kind of slowing down anyway. Yeah. And so I think I'm, I'm t- like... Uh, the last time I talked to my endocrinologist, he was like, you'll probably get to a normal level around, like, 38 or something like that, so. So you're just, like, like hanging in there? Yeah. That's probably like, when I'll, I'll probably at my equilibrium, too, because, like, <laughs> cause like the, 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 the puberty process for trans people, it, it doesn't go a whole lot faster than it does. So, like, uh, you see, like, some changes happen. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, like, oh, like, what feels like overnight, but then it can just be a grueling process, and I think that's where, like, people's continued uh struggle with dysphoria comes into play mm-hmm. it's just like having an expectation uh and it not being met either like immediately or like not knowing if it's ever going to happen because yeah. a lot of a lot of hormone replacement therapy is just like this is just gonna start up your uh your genetics and we're gonna see what happens uh so like i have no idea what i'm gonna look like in like even two years <laughs> which is yeah. weird. That's kind of scary, but it's also kind of awesome. Like, no, it's very, it's very again, awesome. it's so yeah. complex that your whole body chemistry is so complex that you never know yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly what's, what's going to do what. Yeah, so I have, uh, everything else that happens in, like, a 31-year-old uh, body, yeah, that's how old I am. Uh, <laughs> listener yeah. at home who's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> the squeaky voice teenager from The Simpsons is 31? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I just don't know what's going to happen. It's very much like uh, if American Werewolf in in London like took place at a glacial speed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the thing we forgot to say is uh, trans people can see ghosts of their dead best friends. Exactly. Yeah. That's where I was going with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's up, Barry? <laughs> you know Barry lives with you? All right, whatever. <laughs> he just walked through a wall. He He's mad at me. walked through a wall. <laughs> the movie's great. They also turn into great <laughs> basketball players. That's uh, that's cute. I, 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 I don't like the uh, I don't like the stereotype that trans men who happen to be werewolves <laughs> get better at basketball when we start hormone replacement therapy. It's problematic. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm 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 also as short as Michael J. Fox, so I very I feel a lot of kinship to him <laughs> in that film. <laughs> so it would be pretty cool though if you could jump up and dunk. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I can do that if I try. I just haven't tried. You, got, you just got you gotta put a week into dunking. You can do it. Yeah, man. <laughs> I just don't have the time. Hey, everybody. This is Dave again, speaking to you from the future. 
So this has been a super fun and interesting podcast, at least for us. I hope it has been for you, too. Jesse and I had so much fun and interesting things to talk to, read about, that we kept going for almost another hour after this. So we're going to cut it here, and we will bring you the exciting conclusion next week. I hope you find this discussion extremely interesting. We're learning things we didn't know, and uh, I hope you are too. And in the next episode, we learn so much more about Reed's experiences and their gender transition. It was super interesting and fun and funny. Please listen to the exciting conclusion next week. You can follow Reed Bryce on Twitter and Instagram. And please do. They're really funny. At That Dang Dingus. You can follow Jesse at JessKlein1. And I am at Dave Chacho. Thank you for listening. The rest of this discussion will be coming soon. Talk to you then. Bye-bye. Science AF. 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 Science as fuck.